Welcome to the Leave Better Podcast, where we coach you how to overcome what's holding you back from your next level. Our goal is for you to win in your business and life. Join us in engaging conversations with extraordinary people. Here's your host, certified coach and licensed therapist, Miriam Gunn. All right, friends, today I have Charles McCarrick with me. Charles is an entrepreneur, inventor, and lead visionary of MicroAnt, which I'm excited to hear more about. You've got a bunch of patents. You've pioneered some supplies. I mean, even before we started recording, you showed me some uh, custom-made duffel bags that you have been making that are marine quality. Lots of cool things. You've written a book, Lessons My Brothers Taught Me, and I'd like to hear more about that. So welcome, Charles. Thank you very much, Miriam. And by the way, call me Charlie. Everybody calls me Charlie. All right. Charlie. Charlie it is. So you're in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, that's like right on the coast and lots of oceany type things. Why don't you start telling me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, and then we'll get into your book. Okay. I was, I was a late bloomer. I wanted to be a musician. And so it was many, many years before I actually took the direction of a, of a 95 job and then eventually went to college. I found my way to the engineering school at uh, UMass Dartmouth. I graduated uh, with degrees in electrical engineering and became an antenna designer. And I, and I worked at that company for about, for about 15, 16 years, starting at entry level, working my way up to be the chief tax scientist, eventually getting my PhD. All was well and good, and I thought my career was set, and that is where I was going to spend all of my profession. But then a the company was acquired, and the culture shock to the company and me at large was was something that wasn't going to sustain a relationship for me. So I quit almost instantly after meeting the the new the new owner. And in doing so, I started my own company, Microware, doing essentially the same thing designing and manufacturing tennis, but in a different way. So that was roughly 20 years ago. And the company has been growing and building ever since. So the company has done extremely well and been very successful. Mm, I love it. You've already talked about three things that just have made my brain kind of explode in a bunch of different directions. This business of being acquired, everybody who builds a business wants to get it, you know, purchased and, you know, make their millions. And it is a harrowing space to have something acquired because the culture changes radically. And sometimes they ask people, you know, the owners to stay on for X amount of time. I don't know if that was the case in your situation, but many, many employees find it very difficult to stay in that space. Talk a little bit about that transition from going from being employed to owning your own business. I mean, you said it in a sentence, but I know there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and, you know, it wasn't immediate. Well, you ask somebody, why did they ever jump out of the window of a building? Say, well, the building was on fire, right? So there was a lot of choice, and so it was with me. Yeah, the building was on fire. One of the things that tend to make an acquisition go wrong is when the acquiring company pays no attention to the culture of the key members or anything to do with the people who are the lifeblood of the company. And so it was with the company that acquired us. And rather than say, Charlie, you know, you are a key uh, member of this company. We value uh, your, your service. We would like to keep you forever. What are your hopes and dreams? What do you say? No, 
We said, we need to, uh, we need to make this company more profitable. And uh, we want to cut your salary $20,000. That is not how you foster a, a good culture or long-term relationship. So there, I realized the building was on fire. I was getting out. I did not yeah. hear what, yeah, what my fate was as long as it was in my control. So I knew antenna design and development. So that's what it made sense that I would begin a, a business doing that. I had no non-compete. So there was nothing to stop me. So off I went, yeah. started the company and had no idea if I was going to be successful, if I was going to get a single job or, or what have you. But Within a short week or two, calling people in the industry, they had me do some some contract work. And so it was good. I had revenue coming in, and that led to someone asking me, you know, could you build some actual product for us? And then so began the manufacturing operation in it, and it gained a momentum and, and sustainability from there. So, yeah, it was a really scary few weeks, but I was anything was going back to the situation that I was just in. Yeah, no, that makes sense. There, every once in a while, something inside someone will snap, and then a decision is made. And I was listening to somebody in a presentation earlier this morning, and they were saying that the issue is not—it's not tough once you're committed; it's tough getting committed. And had someone said to you six months or a year before that, hey, you want to go out on your own and create your own business, you might have been like, man, maybe, maybe not. But as things ramped up and got, you know, the building got on fire, you got committed toward making it work. And that's exciting that it has and it did. Tell me how this book came about. I mean, it probably was published last year, Lessons My Brother Taught Me. Talk about that a little bit. Well... Actually, 2020, when we had the COVID lockdown, uh, non-essential employees like myself found a lot of time, free time on their hands, working at home remotely. Then I started doing a lot of other interesting things like sewing. And I started sewing duffel bags and they were piling up. And I said, ah, this can't go on forever. And after 100 bags. Oh I'm my gosh. I, so I got, <laughs> I, I got up to 100 bags. I gave, every, I gave the bag to the employees. By the way. So after I got to 100 bags, I said, you know, the, I was looking at the, I was looking at the numbers for the company and I said, you know, I'm really doing well. How, how, how is this? And, and I really thinking back because of all the missteps we made and the good things that happened and the bad things that happened, how is that we're going? And I decided I was going to create a journal and I was writing these things down and I said, you know, this might be a book, it might be a book that somebody would be interested, but I have to make it worth reading. So I wanted to. The book to, to, to provide a lesson, but actually be humorous. So part business memoir, part business humor, and then, you know, part business teaching. So I wove into it. I highlighted some of the things that really went wrong with the company. And I drew parallels to how growing up my, with my brothers was a lot like those things. And I call them lessons. So lessons my brothers taught me. I would get into some situation as a kid with my brothers. And they were all older than me. And so the, the rules, of course were always out of my favor and in their favor, but I had to find a way to navigate through. Well, it's the same thing in business. Big businesses always will stomp on you. There is no loyalty. There's absolutely no loyalty with a big business or was any business. It's so cutthroat. And I realized that the, the, the there are no the, there are no rules. No, there's no fear play. You just have to be aware. Right? You have to be smart. You have to be sensible to the situations you're in. And so 
as I drove down to the bottom lesson of all, I said, you know, it's character. At the end of the day, it's character that helps you succeed. It's character that drives you to failure. You know, character is what determines what the outcome is going to be. And character is, of course, is, is choices. I think we have a freedom to make choices with respect to action. <laughs> I try to highlight and say, look, every time I got into trouble, it's because I did not call upon my good character. I did not recognize the character of the people I was dealing with. Charlie, can you give a specific example? I mean, I'm right there with you in lockstep. I, I totally agree with you. But I think what inspires our listeners are, you know, a specific example that you, they can say, ah, oh, I've done that. Or maybe I could do that. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I've had so many customers attempt to take advantage of us, and some have succeeded to a point, but others we managed to prevail over, uh, prevail over the long run. We had this one customer who came to us, and this was going to be our first really big customer. They placed purchase order of over $2 million. And this was after a significant amount of development for product that we absolutely believed in, and we thought it was going to be disruptive to the, to the industry. And it would have been in the hands of the right people. So. We had bankrolled most of this development ourselves. We're a small company. When I say bankrolled, I mean, that comes out of my bank account, right? Mm -hmm. Personally. Mm -hmm. And so now we're finally, you know, we're finally there. We're thinking, oh, order two million, you know, uh, place. we have in, in hand the purchase order of $2 million and it's not cancelable and off we go. And so we're putting all the, you know, we're placing purchase orders left and right to build the parts. And these are custom parts. So you, we can't return them. They, they come from machine shops or other, other places that they had to be custom made. And then we find out that this individual has no money. I mean, there's no money. Yeah. As we asked for a progress payment that he agreed to, he sent us a check and it bounced. We said, uh -huh. he said, and he said, well, can you wait? We said, no, we can't wait. Can we were on a 30-day net with our vendors? And he said, well, I'm going to pay you out of the proceeds of when I sell the product. Are you kidding me? Oh my said, goodness. But it is me to be down. I'm not gonna sell for a year. How how does that work? And that was his plan all along. And oh what a fool I was not to really vet this person out. So they lived on the other side of the country. So I went and, and met with them. And when I saw the <laughs> it, it, when I saw the state of affairs of this person in his so-called operations, his home, and I said, good Lord, you know, what? A, why did I not vet this individual up? Forget about bank accounts, forget about all I had to do. If I spent five minutes face-to-face -face with this guy that I knew instantly that I had really yeah. got myself into a tough, tough, tough situation. But very carefully we did, you know, we held this guy, person's feet to the fire and to their credit, they did manage to find others who would invest in, in the opportunity, and that kept the, the things flowing. We uh, started manufacturing a much smaller quantity and put the prices up that slowly but surely over the course of almost two years, we, we became whole again. Uh, it was painful, but it would not have happened with us, us taking action and intervening. Because they had every intention of sucking every bit of that technology and revenue from us until we were dry. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, I don't think that people who have a regular nine to five job understand the stress points of the entrepreneur. 
The entrepreneur understands that they make things happen. And yes, there's luck and there's serendipity and there's blessings and all of that. But had you not gone out there and met this guy and held his feet to the fire, it would have been a complete loss. And had you been a larger company with a lot more resources, who knows, maybe you would have just like scratched it off and said, oh, well, it's amazing to me how crazy, crazy business is, you know? Okay, so that's a great example from with your own company. How would you say that you harness character? You utilize character there for sure. But one of the things, one of the posits in your book is that if you harness your character and experiences, you build success off of that. And I would like to understand kind of you have a little bit of a transformation plan. Talk about that a little bit. This is something that I had, I had discovered while reading the book that there were really four different categories of character that, that you need to call upon. Two of them are related to people as individuals uh, and personalities and in their private as well as professional life. And the other two have to do with the business. So I call them the four S's because these four S's, I mean, these four character traits begin with the letter S. The first one is sellability, meaning the ability to sell yourself. And not only from a marketing perspective, what I mean is they want to transact with you because they see that you have integrity, that you have mm-hmm. very good character, that you are, that you are committed, that you are going to stick to the deal, that you're going to meet expectations, that you are going to add value every time there's an interaction with you. If you, you and I are sitting here having this podcast because we're adding value to each other's you know, lives, we're enriching one another. And in, in, in a professional setting, it's the same thing. The second is, is sensibility. If saleability is what you evoke to others, sensibility is what you take in from the world. Sensibility are the senses or situational awareness that you get from the environment you're in. That's professional environment, personal environment, you know, whatever the, uh, the case may be. Like you don't want to sell ice cubes to Eskimos, right? You have to be sensible of what the industry needs are, what you're going to deliver and how you're going to set those expectations. So you have to be sensible of that. But you also have to be sensible, not only upon the products and the services and how you conduct yourself, but who you are conducting business with. Had I been more sensible of this individual who I had gone into this business transaction with, I would have realized right off the bat that he did not have the wherewithal to transact any of this, couldn't have executed the steal by any stretch of the passion, had no money in a bank account, had no bank account. And I was, you know, I, I was taking, oh uh, marching. <laughs> I was, I was marching in a fool's parade and I was leading it you know, because I had something yeah. vetted out this, it been more sensible of the individual. Totally. Let me pause you for a second. Did you have an inkling, what, like in retrospect, and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but in retrospect, did you have an inkling or a stirring in your spirit or, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck or anything that would have told you, ah, this is not a good, this is not a good thing? In 2020, in hindsight, right? Yes. When he kept telling me what a great business person was, when he told me about awards, he, uh, awards that he won from universities for great, you know, I should have checked these things out. I could have. Mm-hmm. It goes around touting how great they are. And I have a three... You know, a three a repeat three rules. If somebody tells you three times that they're honest, in all likelihood they are not. He, he violated that that three time rule again and again. And 
But you know, we always want to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, totally. even if two million, even if two million dollars on the line. So yeah. partly, I was blinded by the the desire to have put two million dollars into our bank account, and partly, you know, I was blinded by what this person said and did and how he and how he behaved. And until the bank, the I was even willing after the check bounce and after the conversations I was in, to continue going in bankroll was it wasn't until I saw from my own eyes situation, you know, as as it was, that I said, Oh my goodness, I'm glad I didn't bring everybody from the company that they'd be choking oh choking me to death right now. Yeah. Then I knew what I was I had in, in front of me. Because up to that point, I really didn't have an intimate conversation with this person where I got to size him up and look in his eye and, to, and, and truly understand what his internal character was like. Plus, I've, lot, I've learned a lot since then. I'm a little bit more skeptical, although, you know, yeah. trust ver- to verify. And I was just tr- trust, you know, yeah. at that point. Yeah. But also, my guess is he had high saleability, you know, and there are people who have high saleability on the front end. And it's not until you kind of get into the weeds with them that you're like, Okay. Not exactly mm-hmm. what I thought about. Okay. So continue with sustainability. That's your third Just, S. The third S is sustainability. If the first two, which is sellability and sensibility attributes uh, of a person, then sustainability and fourth one scalability, those are attributes of a company. Mm-hmm. We talk about a business and we talk about a company and we always use them interchangeably, but I look at them as two different things. The business is the is essentially the goings on, the dealings, right? The execution, all those things related to revenue generation. A company is now a business in which has a culture infused in it that brings it to life. And you have processes in place that people are following and you have workflow plans. And now you have this body, almost a, a living, breathing enterprise that is that, that is in existence. And to be in existence and to be continue on is sustainability. So to get to the point where you have a business that becomes sustainable, i.e. it becomes a company, that means you have a team that you have developed a culture that is flourishing and enriching, and you have processes in place that that everyone is following and working in tune, and therefore beating the expectations of what the original product had set. The, uh, sure. What- and once you have those systems in place, that allows you to scale. If you have proper systems in place, it allows you to scale. So I'm hearing you say that success has to do with as you as an individual have to be both likable, approachable, trustworthy, et cetera. And you also have to have a wiseness and a shrewdness about yourself that allows you to not get scammed. And then meanwhile, the business has to actually work. Businesses are a machine. And if the machinery is gummed up here, there, or wherever, I mean, right now, I, I live on a little farm and I have a tractor that I cannot get to start. And there's some part of the system that isn't working, you know, and I'm I'm not sure what it is yet, but we're working on electrical and actually we're moving to, you know, the whole gas fuel line is like, oh my goodness. And businesses are that way. You don't get any movement or momentum unless you have these various components that are working. And of course, you don't grow without scalability. So this is good. Okay, so in a situation that I didn't anticipate, Charlie and I got into a coaching conversation that was actually awesome, but it got pretty personal at some point. 
In the end, we both stopped and made the decision that it would probably be better not to include that in the interview. So please accept my apologies for a rather abrupt ending. I thought Charlie had some great ideas in reference to making sure you have those aspects of character, both for yourself and within your company. Thanks again for joining the Leave Better podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to pursue more in the self-development realm for you and your business, contact us at leavebetter.com, where you leave better, and in addition, you leave the people and earth around you better as well. Think about this. Where you are currently is as a result of the decisions you made six months ago. Similarly, the actions you take today set you up for six months from now. So do something today that pushes you toward that next level of you. One last thing before you go. Become the dealer of growth in your sphere of influence by sharing this episode with two friends. And if you'd like to help me personally, leave a review because yes, that actually does help. Now, go be intentional.